0: Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. So we got Gary and Susan Harper with Sharper Business, and they flew in from Northwest Indiana. Uh, and I actually asked them to come on so that we can talk about your new curriculum, right? the Rise Business Framework. Uh, so uh, we're on a mission to create 100 millionaires. The information on the show, I believe, is enough to help you become a millionaire in the next five to seven years. It would take, if you'll take consistent action, you will become one. We're also compiling a list of the top 10 objections uh, that you guys are hearing in the field, compiling it and giving you giving you what we believe to be the best answers to it. If you want access, if you want access to that, text objections to 33777. And the show is brought to you by our sister company, InvestorLift. Go to investorlift.com. Put in disruptors to get 10% off. So it's been a couple years since we had you guys on the show. Uh, I think a lot has changed in that time so what are some of the biggest developments since you guys were last on the show
1: i mean first we lost a lot of weight i think since the last time <laughs> people yeah. saw us before versus now they might not even recognize who we were i think yeah. i've lost 107 susan's lost. i Eight won't six. say it yeah there you go yeah um that's awesome but we've been on a health journey you know yeah trying to get healthy in life and business and right. um, i think uh, part of that leading people you got to lead yourself first
0: absolutely um cole taylor Got a chance. I got a chance to watch him speak on stage a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, uh, at C.G. and he talked about like you know the way you show up. Yeah, uh, uh, affects everywhere else yeah. how you show up. Yep. Right. Sure so is. how how
1: accurate or how I mean how much would you guys agree with a statement? Man, I'll tell you, I I can give a hundred and ten percent now yeah. versus ninety percent then. Yeah. Yeah. In the sessions,
2: I hundred percent agree with that that statement. Yeah. It, it's, it, you can't put yourself on the sideline and think that it, it won't apply to business too because it does. Right. Yeah. So you've got to be, take an active role in everything that you do, mm-hmm. including your health.
0: So. Yeah. So what kind of, uh, I guess, you know, time investment, financial investment, this and that, uh, to make this happen, particularly since you guys are traveling? Because there's something that happens when you leave home. Mm-hmm. Your diet uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Your commitment to your diet wanes. Yeah. Well. When you leave.
2: Yeah. Some would say it's just harder. Yeah. Except I, I, it, for us, it was the learning of what to eat, mm-hmm. what's the right foods, what's the right combination that our bodies need, that they help provide that structure for. Mm-hmm. And it was now it's simple. It's super yeah. easy. I don't. I don't even have. It, it's. It's like a game we play with you know the, the MyFitnessPal. We put all mm-hmm. our food in, and it's like what fits where 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 does it fit and is it something on my approved list yeah. so it, it, it's like they took the decision making away from us it's yeah, like don't need thing. to here's exactly what i'm supposed to eat did mm-hmm. it fit in what i wanted to mm-hmm. today i plan out like tonight before dinner when i look at the menu i'll put it in my app to make sure i can fit whatever it is i want to eat
1: yeah so yeah we, we got to a point where we eat to live versus living to eat yeah i think that's the biggest difference you know they op- they give us what we call a body and operating system mm-hmm. you know and that's what resonates with me because we teach business operating systems right and they gave us a body operating system that's specific to my body it's tailored mm-hmm. to my body and a lot like you know bought their body operating system very similar to a business operating system the fact that you don't fit your business in a box mm-hmm. you custom the operating system around your business the same thing they do with us is they custom that system around us given the fact that we fly five times a week Mm-hmm. you know the, we're home 91 days last year that kind of thing and actually to a point now Susan, i don't know if you agree with this but it's harder when we're home
3: yeah
1: really yeah than when we're on the road because we're in a routine on the road mm-hmm. we come home it's like all gloves there's, off there's right more like, there's more temptation yeah. this is vacation yeah yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Got So, it. um was it you i was talking to where they they send like the meal prep
2: oh, oh. they're they're phenomenal yeah. honestly we wouldn't have done it without them um, they, they help with our concierge service to help uh, either they can actually order the meals for us mm-hmm. and they'll show up wherever we're at, which is right. beautiful and wonderful. They'll help order groceries. They'll help with food meal prep. Um, they help with the supplements ordering. They help us with knowing what to eat, where to eat, when to eat. Um, it, it's Their hands-on system is just, yeah. it, they, they took out all the guesswork for us. They were us. at
1: our house on Sunday and Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of this And we week. coached their business. Because they coach our body, and Susan cooked for them, and they were just over the top about like how she's figured out how to have good meals mm-hmm. with what they require us to eat.
3: Yeah.
0: So. yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. Once you don't have to think about it. Yeah. Because yeah. for me, it's that that thinking about it where I really struggled. Because you talking about like you know plugging it into uh, my Fitness Pal and like planning. Yeah. Like that's about where I stopped. Like it's just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was able to do my Fitness Pal. I think consistently <laughs> for maybe like four or five months. About as long as I can go. Yeah. And logging, in. and then just after that.
2: Yeah, well, I'll give Gary's secret away. The funny part is, is he'll eat everything I eat because mm-hmm. I'll track it, and he could just copy it. <laughs> right. So sometimes he just needs
1: yeah. to eat more than I do. But yeah, yeah that works. Yeah, it yeah. works. But you can create my meals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once you get consistent in the stuff you like to eat, you log it in, and put it under my meals, and then you just add, go to my meals, and add it every single time you eat it.
0: I know. I get that. It was just uh, yeah, It was, it was the routine part, right? Because yeah. like you know, we talk about our profiles, right? Yeah. Like, I'm good with, like, uh, process, but I'm not so good with procedures. Yeah, And you, like, you don't like the same thing every day either with your profile, too. I can eat the same thing every single day. I can eat the same thing every single day. But it was really just because, like, you have a bad meal. You have to put it in there. Yeah, yeah and then do. you just feel awful about yourself,
2: oh, so that's the wonderful thing. I think they make you they don't make me feel awful,
0: yeah
3: it's
2: that they give us celebration meals. you're mm-hmm. allowed two a week for yeah. you know x number of calories, and it doesn't matter what is on it right and so it's like don't don't hurt yourself because mm-hmm. and actually his his presentation last week was, you know winning is not just once,
3: right
0: you have
2: to win every day. you have to consistently win. that's
0: what winning is, well, that message. Really yeah. resonated. Me too. <laughs> but I hadn't heard that message until a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, a couple weeks ago, prior to that conversation, I was like, oh, yeah, like, everything was a one-time decision. Right. Yeah. Now it's like, no, this is just one, yep. an infinite number of decisions, which makes sense when it's explained, but we don't think about it this Mm-mm. way. So true. Right? Yeah. Uh, the other thing was, uh, so we were talking about Cole Taylor. I don't remember. What was the name of his business?
2: The Starting Line. Starting,
0: the starting line. line. Yeah. And so one of the other things I saw in his presentation was they went with
1: uh, the blood work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. have you guys gone to that detail
2: oh yeah. absolutely Several times. Biome,
1: checking <laughs> yeah. what our gut tolerates what our blood types are looking at um you know our hormone levels things mm-hmm. like that supplementing based on that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um testosterone replacement all that stuff has been a part of the regimen of our yeah. journey
2: well what's nice it's like anytime we felt stuck we're like well let's run some more blood work and find out what your body's reacted to what mm-hmm. is happening what's going on so it's it's Never, I'm stuck and I don't know how to help you. It's let's, I'm stuck. Let's uncover what else is wrong. You but, can actually
1: troubleshoot.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely. It's yeah, it's, it's metrics. absolute metrics. Uh, I love it because it literally ties back to what we do in our business operating system. Yeah. So it right. makes it works for my brain.
0: Uh, how long has it been? Been
2: a year and a couple of months.
0: Okay, yeah. so, I and mean, we said so almost for you, almost ten pounds. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah. Pretty, pretty significant. It
1: yeah, is pretty significant. Yeah. How's that? Over three hundred pounds.
0: Yeah. Oh. Uh, so, uh,
1: health has changed in the last couple of years. What else has happened? Last, well, I've lost two parents. That's oh, yeah. been rough. It's been a tough year. My dad passed away in um, January 2020. Then my mom passed away nine months later.
4: Yeah,
1: and uh, so that it was a tough year. It's mm-hmm. been a year. You know, you never get to the end of life um, or going to the personal end of life with your family, your folks, mm-hmm. and really know whether or not you're going to have regrets until it's gone. Like you can think you don't, right, but then you get to the end and you don't know and uh i I don't know i up till now, at least till now, it's been six months since my mom and a year and a half since my dad um I haven't had that feeling of regret yet, so I'm glad for that, you know, I'm glad that I felt like I you know did what they wanted me to do as their son and helping them, and um so that's a good feeling, uh still miss' them terribly though you know. Yeah, because
0: you weren't really the best rule follower at the time, right? Still not. <laughs> but you were. But that was that wasn't something that created a giant wedge. Like you still had a wonderful
1: relationship with your parents. Yeah, very much. My dad was my best friend. I had 265 emails from my or voicemails from my dad, mm-hmm. and he would call me while I was in sessions, and he would say, "Hey, Sano, just calling you. I feel like today I just leave you a memory." Mm-hmm. And so he would left me voicemail after voicemail after voicemail, and I kept them all. Uh, and they were a blessing, huge blessing. I listened to them all the time. Actually, I have different ones categorized. Some would mm-hmm. say "Welcome home, son." I'm sure, glad you had a safe trip. And others like "Good morning, son." I had many of them that said, "You know, I love you. I'm proud of you." So, you know, my words uh, are um, my love language is words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. And I really had no clue how much my dad filled that cup. Yeah, tell he wasn't here anymore. Yeah, and uh, now you know there's a big void left there because I didn't really need it. Honestly, if you had told me my words of affirmation, my love language. I was like, nah, because yeah. he filled the cup so much for he me. Should, yeah. But once he was gone, it was like, wow, I'm really missing a big hole.
0: Um, so. Not to get, you know, super like, what's the word I'm looking for, like? Uh, Personal. Unemotional, <laughs> unemotional. <laughs> to get okay. emotionally detached from this. Uh, I have found, <laughs> and, and I'm not saying this is accurate, but just anecdotally, that if someone is a high B, right? High social, they generally like the words of affirmation yeah. True. Is I their agree. love language right? Yeah. It's true. And so, like, I have a friend, and her love language, or she's a high, I super social. Yeah. And like, I could totally manipulate this. I don't. Yeah. But I've seen it happen over and over again. Anytime someone needs something from her, yeah, they'll just tear mm-hmm. her down. Yeah. Right. Wow. And then as a result, she feels bad about it, and yeah. should go all in to fix it. Mm-hmm. Right after they fix it, she fixes it, then they give her the words of affirmation, which like
2: a reward. A
0: reward. Yeah. And, like, she's just getting torn back and forth. And it's like, I know this about her, and I've intentionally not.
2: She needs to see that?
0: (laughs) I think I've shared that with her, and I I, I don't think she can can get past that. Well,
1: I'll tell you, words of affirmation is probably the toughest toughest love language Mm -hmm. there is. Mm -hmm. Because it's one of the ones that you can say something really nice, and it works really well for them. But people don't realize when they say something even remotely negative, Mm -hmm. it goes the opposite direction for that person. Yeah. Look so she's told me I back. made her cry a lot. Uh, yeah. I'm just being. You're being honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ouch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: We're tough people. to love <laughs> I'm just being honest. With you. Um, and
0: the other yeah. thing too, you know, going back to the love language, you know, one challenge I have is I am, I know it doesn't appear this way, you know, maybe publicly, uh-huh. but I'm incredibly lazy. Uh-huh. Right. I just don't like uh-huh. to do anything. Uh-huh. All right. That's funny. So it might not appear that way, but if you're, you know, around people, now, there's a love language mm-hmm. it causes challenges sure. yeah. so you know you guys have done multiple uh marriage retreats relationship sure. uh I don't know, counseling but you know working on your marriage like for someone that's listening right now that's never heard about love languages before like what advice do
1: you have for someone like that get a good counselor <laughs> yeah. yeah. right like steve for you know keith cowling is the person that actually does that for mm-hmm. us he's uh he's the relationship coach that we have yeah and he's who we try we're not expert in that mm-hmm. in any means say shape or form right like uh, it's just not our area of expertise so but keith is mm-hmm. and so i would say you know understand each other right um when you're at, whether it's a business relationship personal relationship uh one of the things i talk about is you have to have a good culture in that relationship mm-hmm. and there's four things that create good culture first is you have to align in position so whether it's a business relationship, you have to agree the positions you're going to roll and the plays you're going to roll, mm-hmm. or the, the roles mm-hmm. you're going to play. And then uh, in your personal life, same thing, right? Like right. somebody's got to agree to do dishes. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to agree to take trash out. Somebody's got to agree to pay the bills. Yeah. There's yeah. got
0: to be roles and responsibilities. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: So aligning in positions, the first part of creating culture. Second mm-hmm. is aligning with the person, and that's where values come in. Values come in there. Purpose alignment is three. Mm-hmm. And last, from not, not least, probably the hardest one is goal alignment. Mm-hmm. And so where we see people in partnerships of life and business split is because one of those fours break,
3: yeah,
1: so it's either position alignment breaks, personal alignment breaks, trust and values mm-hmm. purpose alignment changes or goal alignment, and see, would you guess out of all four of those, which is the biggest one that causes the disregard of the relationship? Uh, I can say on my own personal experience it's goal alignment yeah, a hundred percent absolutely it's a hundred percent what it is it's always goal alignment that really it. yeah.
2: We see that in personal and professional yeah. realm.
0: Well, I mean, I can speak right. So I, I mentioned before uh, uh, that I had a business divorce, right? Mm-hmm. And I would say the biggest thing was just like. Goals changed. Goals changed, right? Like when we started, we had the same goals, mm-hmm. right? And then at some point, we stopped having the same goals. Yeah. 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 You so,
1: purpose didn't change. Right. The purpose values didn't change. Didn't change. Nope. Now, goals, if handled the wrong way, could cause somebody to violate your values. Sure. But it's usually not the first broken window of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Usually the goals change. Yeah, We've seen couples split in the last two years that were life and business together. Goals change.
0: Can you give an example
1: of that? Uh, one person wanted their wife to continue to be in real estate with them, building a the real estate business. Mm-hmm. She's like, I really want to go do this other thing in education. Mm-hmm. He was like, but you told me you were going to help me build the real estate. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I have for 25 right. years. Mm-hmm. And now I'm done. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm going to go do this. And he's like, I'm not going to support it. So I'm gonna go do it and goals change, yeah, right. And but so, that was a business divorce, or that was also both. A, it
2: was both, it ended really up being sad. both. It was very sad,
1: yeah, yeah. And you know, it's funny for that story, it applies to like seven different people. I'm not just thinking about one person, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about seven different people we've worked mm-hmm. with, like seven literally. Yeah. So if they're listening, they're like, Oh, the dog, no, we're talking about seven different types of people literally that have gone through this in the last two years, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been incredible, it's been yeah. hard to watch. How do you, uh, how would someone prevent that? Is that a preventable thing? Well, I think you got to stay in alignment. Mm-hmm. So it's a constant check-in in that area. Right. You got to check in on goals. You got to check in on purpose. Mm-hmm. You got to check in on values and you got to check in on position. Yeah. Um, we see it a lot in business too. If it's not goals, it's position alignment that causes it.
4: Right. That Where you sense. have
1: visionary integrator, both visionaries really, and they start the company together and they're like, I don't really want to be an integrator anymore. I've mm-hmm. helped to get this off the ground blah, blah, blah. I really want to sit in the owner's box. And the other one feels slighted because he still wants to be the visionary. Mm -hmm. He enjoys working in the business. He enjoys doing the deals. He enjoys running the company. The other guy's like, he feels abandoned because the guy wants to live in the owner's box. Mm -hmm. He's like, but you're leaving me. No, I'm not. I'm doing what I started this business to do, which is reap the benefit and have freedom. Right. And so there's this feeling of being abandoned. Right. And so like, it's a constant check in. And then here's the bigger thing. Be okay if it ends. Like, that's where you destroy it. Mm -hmm. That's where you destroy the relationship is when it's coming to an end and you're not okay with it and you try to sabotage the person to stay.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, you know, uh, Leon Barnes, right? Yeah. CG, like, uh, we've had this conversation because he's been in other previous relationships, uh, partnerships. Yeah. He's like, it doesn't matter what happens when the partnership ends, it's just Just different, Mm -hmm. right? Like, the relationship, even though it was great before and it was great during. Yeah. It's just not the same after.
1: not, Yeah. Never the same. I mean, because people feel let down. They feel abandoned. Mm-hmm. They start to reflect back on everything they didn't do right. A lot of times they reflect on the things they should have done better. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, it just creates bitterness. Yeah. So um, I always tell people, you know, if you want to stay healthy in these four areas, then stay grateful. Yeah. Right. Grateful, gratitude is the one thing. When you stop having it, you start feeling entitled. Mm-hmm. Entitled and entitled titlement creates bitterness bitterness creates silos silos kills communication and there's like 50,000 books written about it after that yeah right that's why we start every one of our client sessions with good news yeah because we're centering people back into great gratitude mm-hmm. being grateful for what they have yeah because it's the first broken window in a business
0: yeah yeah makes a lot of sense
1: yeah so same thing with a relationship you know if you want to center back in look at these four areas stay in line with them make sure you're checking in with each other you know that partner of yours, and then make sure you're staying grateful for what they do, are willing to do. Yeah. So I'd say that was key. I, it's not a perfect. It's not. I mean, people are most the complex thing you're ever going to do in your life is deal with people.
0: Yeah. You say complex. I just say unreliable. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> and and
0: is that a bad thing? Right. It's not a bad thing. It's just like in any system, if it, if any part of the system is going to break,
1: it's, it's the deal. people part. It's the people. Yeah. That's why I'm excited about AI. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, uh, I'm, I'm kind of resigned to it. Uh, uh, Robert Swanson, did you get a chance to watch his presentation? I haven't. Yeah. I mean, he did this whole thing.
1: Yeah. Right. But like,
0: it. here are the seven things, here are the seven opportunities right now that you can use for AI and real estate. Yeah. I watched it. Right? It was really good. And he's going through all of it. And as he's going through all of it, I'm sitting, I'm si- uh, I'm in the back of the room, just talking to with Jason Medley. And I was like, this presentation is great. Right. It's wonderful. I'm not getting as much value out of it because for me, I'm just going to wait for him to figure it out, and I'm just going to pay him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? You figure this out. Yeah.
2: And tell me what I could do. Tell me I'll what I could do. do yeah,
0: yeah. And I'll just pay for the software. Like, Got that's <laughs> that's for me. Like, thank you for opening my eyes, Yeah. but I'm not going to do anything. with Right.
1: Yeah, that's so true.
0: Right? Um, But also, I uh, was sharing with Jason, like, Robert's about to make a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. Right? To figure out the problems or the opportunities, Yeah. and to be the one that's uh, the innovator. Yeah. In that space. Yeah. We're really interested to see uh, where it goes. Yeah, what yeah, where it goes, where yeah. it, what he comes with, and so on. Um, mm-hmm. so I think also in the last few years, you've had additional family join the company.
2: And yes. We've had daughter join. Daughter in law. We so our son got married. Like mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure if our daughter was married or not. Mm-hmm. Daughter got married, our son got married, we're empty nesters, and we have a grandson. Mm-hmm. So he joined the company too, just so you know. We joined our C
1: level <laughs> yeah. group. He's our yeah. C-level group. He's our chief cuteness Officer. <laughs> there you go. So we're going to yeah. pay a little bit of a salary there.
2: But yeah. yeah. But now they all work for us too, which is yeah. incredibly fulfilling. A little a little taxing sometimes at mm-hmm. dinner when we're all talking business instead right. of family time, but it's all good. Yeah,
0: we'll talk to you about that because I think that's really cool. Like, you know, I got three girls. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if any would ever be willing to work for <laughs> me. I don't know if any of them uh, that, are, are, are you know manageable oh. right <laughs> but, but but talk to me about like that experience of you know having the ability to have your kids oh. join you on your venture
1: i once said that our kids we can measure the success of parents we were by when our fa- kids wanted to be around us when they didn't have to be around mm-hmm. us that's what i used to say and now that they want to be around us it's it's huge yeah, I think early on, we started prepping our kids to want to be around us through involving them with our problem. So I used to come home from work, whether it be in Chicago or it be in entrepreneurship, and I'd talk to the kids about what happened today, mm-hmm. what I was frustrated about, what went wrong, and I'd ask for their help in solving the problem. Yeah. And I would get so many different types of answers. I mean, one was like, Jake was like, take my teddy bear tomorrow, like when he was like <laughs> nine. You know, that kind of thing. And and to him, he was contributing to the solution, but it aided him in feeling like he was not being pushed away from dad's work. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when we do that as entrepreneurs, we do that as fathers or mothers, what we do is we say, this is business world, this is home world, and you can't be a problem to me right now while I'm frustrated with business. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, not now, son, I can't play basketball. Not now, honey, I don't want to take you shopping because daddy had a rough day at work. All it does is create a disdainment for what we do because mm-hmm. it robbed them of us. Right. Creates so, animosity. Yeah. yeah. So I recognized that pretty early on, and I started asking them to be a part of that barrier, breaking down that barrier, mm-hmm. so that they felt they were invited into that world versus pushed away from that world. Yeah. And so when it became you know time for them to start working with us, they already felt like they did. Yeah. Now they're getting paid for it. You know. And so it, I felt like it became a natural thing. And I, for me, it's it's very rewarding for our kids to be a part of what we do. Yeah. That's why um, I do it. I had a, a Larry Yatch, right, yeah. with the with a,
0: a
2: SEAL leader. Team
0: Leaders. And, um, you know, when they were working with us, he said something that I thought was really powerful, was that uh, the best thing you can do is to have your kids um, be completely uh, unreliant on you so independent of you where they don't need you at all because huh. that's the only way to know if they really love you right like sure. if they need you yeah it's one dynamic but if, if you raise them to be a hundred independent they're gonna be on their own with or without you and they still choose yeah. to want to spend time yeah. with you sure. Then they said at that point now you've got pure love
1: yeah yeah that's really good it's good i mean i think that's what we've experienced and Having the kids being part of it, being there every single day. Since, like Susan said, sometimes the family dinners are challenged because we don't want to work; they're the ones that keep wanting to work. Mm-hmm. Cause they're still 21 and or 22 and 24 years old. Mm-hmm. So 90% of the time they're like, Hey dad, can I ask you a question? I'm like, no, <laughs> <It's not right laughs> yeah. is it business related? <laughs> right? Like, so now that I used to bring them into the world, yeah. now that we're like grown up and we're working with us yeah. now I'm like, no, let's, let's go back to the world of family versus right. the world of business. So, yeah, but it's, it's been fun. It's been fun having them a part of it and they're creative,
0: yeah.
1: mm-hmm. you know, and they have energy and we don't. So that's good too.
0: <laughs> that is good. Yeah. Um, somewhere along the way, uh, you've made a new curriculum. I mean, yeah. you've been doing this for a very, very long time. Uh-huh. Uh, and this this latest version, I can tell you're extremely passionate about. I am. <laughs> right? So what walk me through, what is the Rise Business Framework?
1: Rise Business Framework is a methodology of rising to your 100%. Mm-hmm. So every business wants to reach its 100%. Harvard Business Review says a business reaches business maturity. That doesn't mean you're 10x. That doesn't mean anything like that. It just means that you're mature as a business mm-hmm. to whatever degree you want to. right? And your purpose is what determines to what that 100% is. Yeah. So resources is what R stands for. It's resources, inspiration, systems, and engagement that help us rise. Uh, we hit plateaus as we grow to that. The first plateau we saw was we hit a plateau in resources. We get stuck in time, money, or people. Mm-hmm. One of those three things start to hold us back Uh, but if we can master that and rise out of that then we get an inspiration where we inspire the resources uh inspiration includes culture includes goals short-term long-term vision and what that looks like Mm -hmm. um, the purpose of the organization then if we can rise from that then we get into systems which is process procedures policies and even productivity we want to at this point we're leaning out the business making it more productive Mm-hmm. from that we rise into what we call engagement now we've earned the right to expand our marketing expand our reach expand our sales and uh, if you do those properly and you rise to your hundred percent in a mature way then you can move it as fast as you want to move it but you have to know how to navigate each right. one of those quadrants
0: so let's start off with sources so yeah um, kind of like I don't explain it and in, in nearly as articulately right so what I always say is like you know like at first you got to figure out marketing yeah you gotta figure out marketing and once you get the once you get the phone ringing, yeah. Now you gotta figure out how to sell those people.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And once you figure out how to sell those people, then you gotta be able to figure out how to like get the operations dialed in. Yeah. And after you figure out operations, uh now you gotta work on leadership yeah. and then finances. Because yeah. if you don't understand finances, it doesn't matter how much money you make. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So I look at like those those are like the five different categories. Uh-huh. And it almost always happens in order, right? how do I get my first deal? How do I close my first deal? Uh-huh. Right? How do I, now that I got a signed contract, now what? Right? Mm-hmm. Now I got to hire people, now what? So, Rise, you're talking about it, it was time, money, and, and people. people. Yeah. So, uh, for the R. So, talk to me about time, uh, what the resources, time, money, and people, like what is that?
1: So, people being what people do I need to get the first deal? What mm-hmm. people do I need to, you know, what resources are people? It doesn't have to be people you hire, but like who's going to help me write the copy? Who's going to help me pro- promote this? So, third party
0: gonna... vendors is included in the. It piece? is,
1: 100%. Okay. Yeah. It's just what people do I need mm-hmm. to get this thing off the ground and start making money.
0: Right?
1: And is it me? Am I the right person? Mm-hmm. We see it all the time in like, um, you know, going to different uh, meetup groups and stuff where people are three or four years in trying to do their first deal, and it's because they're not the right person to do sales, mm-hmm. right? And so they are just floundering. They're constant learners that never do their first deal because they're they haven't identified they're the wrong resource. Are these the people that are generally highly analytical? Yeah, usually. Yeah. I mean, they have figured it out. They know exactly on paper exactly what this sale is going to be and how it's going to be, but they can't get it. Nobody will sell them the house. One of our
0: camera guys today, I, uh, I was laughing at his shirt. He's like, and his shirt sure says, like in big uh, letters, right? Hold on, I'm still overthinking. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's those people. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's exactly. Really those people. Yeah. So, resources, knowing what resources we need. I always say, I don't start a new business until I hire my, my business unit leader first, my mm-hmm. integrator of the organization. Yeah because I don't want to be a resource to my company. Right. Right. And that's the first thing we lock ourselves down as a resource day one. Mm-hmm. So I want to get those people in place, whether it's me a contractor or somebody else to be that person. Yeah. Uh, time. I always want to predetermine time. I want to look at six, 12, two years. We just opened up sharper studios. I gave it a two year time frame. in that two years. I needed to know the money I needed to make and how much money I needed to spend. Mm-hmm. Right. When you do your first deal, same thing. You need to know how much money it's gonna cost you, how much money you gotta to bring to the table, how much it's gonna to cost to fix a limit, it, whatever you're gonna do. So money is an essential part of every business. Oh. We got really good in real estate of creating performas when we buy a house. Mm-hmm. We're terrible at it for a business. Right. So every business should start with what resources do I need, what time frame, and those things then create what we call a performa. How are we gonna perform for the next six to twelve months in this business? How much revenue do I need to make? How much expenses am I going to have? When can I afford to hire these resources? Mm-hmm. You know, that's the other thing. We, we we struggle with some of the other operating systems because we would come in and we look at that accountability chart. We, you know, we look at that organizational chart and we're like, all right, Steve, you're in three of the wrong seats. And we are like, all right, you're going to have to replace yourself in these seats. Mm-hmm. But then if we didn't do a pro to project out when you could afford to replace those seats, you'd hurt your business. Right. And we walk away because the operating systems we were using didn't give that in an account. So then we kind of left people wanting to mm-hmm. know when. Yeah. So in Rise, we brought in finance. So we create a pro with the team. Then that creates a budget. The budget gets monitored every month with the P&L. And the P&L creates a variance report of whether or not you're overrunner. Same thing you do when you fix a flip a house. Right. But now we've, that, that's application applied now to our business, right? Yeah,
0: I think this is uh, the
1: first time we've talked about a variance report on the show.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? I,
1: and I live by variance. Yeah. So every month I get what I call our key profit indicators. Mm-hmm. And those key profit indicators tell us if we're over or under and why we're over or under. If we've, if there's a variance in any GL code on our, on our spreadsheet mm-hmm. for our performance versus budget and our budget versus P&L, then I want to look at it and go, why are we over or under by 3% or more? If we're over or under by three percent or more, then I want a variance report on it. I want to know yeah. why.
2: What's funny is I think most people look at that and say, "Oh, I'm supposed to be under." But if we're under in our marketing spend and we're not, you know, spending the amount we budgeted for because that should produce this many leads, that should produce this many contracts, we're going to be in trouble in ninety days from now. Right. But that's you could have caught that right then and there because mm-hmm. you're under the budget you had set. So yeah. being under isn't always a good thing either. Sometimes we have to spend what we expected to spend so we can get the results that we want.
0: Yeah, that was one of our quarterly rocks. I, can't remember, I want to say like two, three years ago when you guys came in, it's like spend this much in marketing. Yeah,
1: yeah, because you have to in order to project what you're going to make in revenue. Right. So the other thing that we did in resources is you've heard the cliche statement over the years: right people, right seats. Mm-hmm. And I've said that for 20 years. There's probably at least 15 books. If you picked them up today, they would say that mm-hmm. statement. When I wrote Rise, I wanted tactical versus philosophy. This book is a very tactical book of how to do it, not just what to do, Yeah. right? And I find that sometimes as an operating system, we just give the what to do, and we don't give the how to do it. Mm-hmm. It kills the what. Yeah. So we got into like, how do you make sure somebody's in the right seat? I said this a couple of years, or a couple of weeks ago, even at CG, I said, I think one of the things I did that may have hurt this industry was bring like a psychometric data reporting structure, like a PI to it. Mm -hmm. You know why? Because it's, everybody felt like it was the one cure-all deciding if somebody sits in a seat. Mm -hmm. But it measures potential of the person, not performance.
4: Yeah,
1: Right? And so we looked at it and we went, there's a heart, there's a head, there's a hands, and there's a feet that comes to the workplace with somebody every day. Right. And I write poems, so it rhymes. It's like the heart, head, hands, and feet tell you if you're in the right seat. Right? And the heart is desire. And so we got to know your desire. Steve, yeah. you don't desire to do sales and you have the ideal profile to do it. Guess what? doesn't matter. You're probably not going to perform. Right. Because the heart and the hands, the skills of the person, tell me how you're going to perform.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: If you have a resume of 20 years doing this, you have a desire to do this, you're going to do the job, right? Mm-hmm. What if you have a low PI, wrong PI for it?
0: If you have the wrong PI, I mean, I don't you know. You have to
1: modify, right?
0: Well, they're going to, they might not last that seat.
1: Yeah, because potential. Yeah. Long-term potential of them succeeding, mm-hmm. they could burn out. Yeah. Or maybe they already have if they've done it for 20 years. And now maybe you're getting somebody that's already burnt out coming on your team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where these things start to come together. The heart and the hands tell you the performance, the potential performance. Mm-hmm. And the head and the feet, the mobility, The well, are they willing to grow the seat or grow with the seat, tell you the potential of the person. Yeah. And we have to have both measured. And we actually brought in what we call a nine-box system. That measures potential and performance and tells you what to do with them if they're in one of those nine boxes
0: right right so we're talking about right people right seat yeah that's the what Yep. now you're sharing how to do it the how yeah yeah it's it's funny like you're talking about the the psychometrics and how it might have hurt you know the industry in, in one capacity or another We still won't have someone come in if they won't take the PI, right? And we still should. (laughs) We still should.
1: Because that should be first interview. I always say there's three interviews Mm -hmm. to the one that's right. First interview is what's the potential of the person? Mm -hmm. Because if you have 100 candidates, you want to limit it to all the high potential people. Right. Then second interview is will they perform, Mm -hmm. which is where you're measuring desire and you're measuring skills, the job resume. Mm -hmm. Third interview is do they want you?
0: So let's walk through the second interview. So the first one, I think a lot of people have already learned this part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the second interview was the, whether they have the skills, you said? Skills and desire. Skills
1: and desire. Mm -hmm. How
0: do you measure the desire?
1: Desire, there's three, four questions that I put in the the curriculum that helps you measure desire. But there is an assessment too, if you wanted to go that route, it's called Mm -hmm. find your mojo. And find your mojo is a assessment that helps you determine somebody's drivers, like their mojo. Susan's number one mojo if you will, mm-hmm. is learning. Yeah. So if I put her in a seat that she's going to do something mundane and never learn over and over again or try to grow with that seat, probably not going to be the desired seat for mm-hmm. her over time, even if she has skills doing it. Yeah. So we always, I always make fun of this. You know, the NBA, the NFL is filled with a high, a lot of high potential, low performing people. Yeah. Right. Because mm-hmm. their their heart's not there. Right. They we, have, we
0: have one of those here, <laughs> the- in Phoenix.
1: Oh, yeah. oh, I was going to say, I are going to say at the disruptors. No, 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 DeAndre Aiton. You're uh, listening. <laughs> yeah, no no
0: heart. Anyway.
1: Yeah, and that's what happens. You're like, dude, this guy frustrates me. Why? He's got all the potential in the world. All the potential in the world. And how many times we hired somebody with a 10 out of 10 PI? They have the growth and the mobility to be able to grow that seed or grow with the seed or grow with your company. They have all this potential. Yeah. They might even have some of the skills. The heart's not there. Yeah. And you're like, man, this guy. What what are they doing? Like, if I had half that guy's talent, if I had half that guy's Believe me, Tommy, I say that all the time. Yeah, (laughs) because that's what frustrates us. So we have to measure potential and performance. Mm -hmm. When we get into inspiration, we also measure, are you the right people for us? The right person is different than being in the right seat. Yeah. So we get into measuring, do we align with our values? And do you align with our purpose? Mm -hmm. So we want to assess... Do you have our values in your value system? And do you put, are you going to push to achieve our purpose? And the, one of the ways we look to see if you're going to achieve our purpose with us is whether or not my purpose as a company will help you achieve your personal purpose. Yeah. And if we can get a yes on those two areas right there, you're the right person. So that's the tactical side.
0: And that, that, that solves the third interview?
1: Yeah. So that's a, that's a part of the second interview. The okay. first one is, are you in the right seat? Mm-hmm. That's where we're using the heart, head, hands, and feet. Second interview is whether or not you're the right person for us mm-hmm. and if you have the skills to do the job. The third interview is do you want us?
0: Mm-hmm. What is that? What does that entail?
1: It entails me selling you on everything about us, mm-hmm. our purpose, our goals, where we're going. You know, because at this point I'm res- I'm resolved that I want you.
0: Well,
3: actually in
2: the curriculum we've also outlined the top 10 things of what people are looking for when coming to a business. Like the number 1 thing is do we challenge them to get up in the morning and come to work? It is that's our business? It's yeah. number one. It is, are challenge. we giving them a challenge to show up every day? I had no
0: idea. Challenge, heck, I challenged. Heck out
2: of my. Well, that's good.
0: <laughs> They're <laughs> stressed <laughs> every day working. For me.
1: And when I you don't create
2: stress, that might not be the right.
1: answer. <laughs> and stress, and, stress and challenge are probably <laughs> it's a little different. But honestly, it's one of those things that when you look at somebody in this world today, mm-hmm. they want the emotional paycheck as much yeah. as they want the financial. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And in our company, sharper talent we have found these top 10 reasons why people Mm -hmm. want to come to work for people Mm -hmm. and you would find that pay is on that one of those top 10
3: absolutely
1: but it's not the top one Mm -hmm. it's like right in the middle somewhere right and so i always say this when you don't help them see those other 10 or the other nine you're gonna pay more right right? you have to to compensate yeah Yeah.
0: so instead of going through all 10 like what are like the top three that we talked challenge
2: recognition
0: Mm -hmm. what was the
2: third top? culture Culture,
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, they want to feel like they belong to something, yeah. you know.
2: Bigger than making money.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to have to figure out the, the mojo thing, because, I mean, Susan it's and I
0: have so much in common. Like, <laughs> the, the learning thing, like, uh, someone pulled me aside at the last CG break. I won the belt, which was, like, you know, a great honor. Yeah. Like, how do you have so much to, like, talk about? Yeah. <laughs> Every time, like, you're always, like, sharing something new. Cause right? like learned. Because <laughs> I love to learn, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like, I just, that's what fires me up. So, like, like what you're saying, like, if I'm if I'm not learning, I mean, I'm probably going to need, like, I already take like one or two of these a day. Like I probably need like four or five of these a day. But, <laughs> yeah. If you weren't
1: learning something. If I'm not learning something. Wow. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. yeah
1: I, I mean, so we use find your mojo for desire. We use interviews for skills. Because mm-hmm. yeah, there's nothing that replaces that. Yeah. You know, calling, referrals, things like that. Predictive index for behavioral assessments. And then for mobility, ability to grow is we use working genius. Yeah. So there's four different types of assessments that we use to see if you're going to sit in the right seat. Yeah. I think... uh
0: and then Dave Coyle sent me, like, yeah, you know, look at this guy's PI and here's his oh, work cool. in genius. Like, I've heard about this before. Where did I hear about this?
1: So <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Uh,
0: Gary shared this. Yeah. Um, so I want to uh, challenge you on this topic, <laughs> get your perspective on this. Sure. Right. So Ray Dalio, he wrote Principles.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Right. And he says, like, uh, if you can get, I think, uh, seven assessments, mm-hmm. I think that was the number, yep. you will never have to interview another person. Right. Yep. And three gets you pretty close. It gets close right, and so, like, and I did my presentation, it was a couple of weeks it was kind of funny you 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 interjected uh was you know I've done the myers briggs the uh the p i the kobe the' uh, this couple, the the this and that It's like pretty clear right like how i'm I'm, I'm wired, and yep. then you get the 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 questions from my friends like, hey, how would you describe my unique traits, and there's a ton of overlap like how you would interv- how I would interview I think would show up the same way there huh. right. So, then going back to your thing, you were saying, like, you know, without the interview, yeah, this won't work. So, like Ray Dalio says, if we do enough assessments, we don't need an interview.
1: I yeah. we, interview is
0: absolutely key. So,
1: well, interview is a form of an assessment mm-hmm. because you're, you're validating based on resume and interview questions. An assessment is questions. Mm-hmm. Whether you do those questions verbally or yeah. written, you're still assessing somebody. Right. So, it is still a form of an assessment. I like it. I do not just subscribe to the ones I've given you, though. Mm-hmm. I've only put those in the curriculum because I can't get people to do one sometimes. Really? You're right. No, I can't. Sometimes I'm like, Did you do a PI? And they're like, No, I just winged it. They seem like a good guy. Okay, well, <laughs> when it doesn't work out, let me know. Yeah. There's that reliability mm-hmm. thing we are talking about earlier. Yeah. <laughs> we do is your um, doitscared.com. It's mm-hmm. a fear assessment. Yeah. That love language we were talking about. We do the five appreciations of the workplace. Mm-hmm.
0: Is it the, the same? Concepts.
1: It yep.
2: doesn't always translate to how you want to be appreciated versus
0: how you want to be loved. Well, I hope but... no one wants to get touched at work. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, high fives are a big deal then. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. It could
2: be. I mean, there are there are ways to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. You can ethically. Be <laughs> Like high five money is still a form of endearment and touching. Yeah. yeah. Right. But that same gentleman who wrote Gary Chapman, mm-hmm. that wrote the five love, languages, love yeah. languages, he wrote the five appreciations of the workplace. Yeah. Gotcha. So we'll assess that. We do find your mojo. We'll yeah. do. You know, um, some of the ones you mentioned, uh, 16 personality histories mm-hmm. exercise. We do um, Meyer Briggs. We'll do, we do multiple assessments. Yeah. The average CEO does seven assessments. Gotcha. So like Phil Green is the master of yeah. assessments. Yeah. And I love Phil Green's assessments and how mm-hmm. he does it. And he's constantly tweaking it making it stronger, um, which is one of the reasons why when we implemented this with Phil, he absolutely loves this curriculum. Because it brings in the logic side of it, the tactical side of how to implement an operating system, not just right. the philosophy side. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, we love assessments. We do them all the time. Fear is a huge assessment. Like people don't give it enough credit. Fear either causes you to do something or not do something. Can right? you give an example of that? Yeah, COVID. Okay. It's either I'm not going to wear a mask or I'm going to wear seven masks. Like it, <laughs> it's still based in fear. Yeah. Fear of control or fear of getting sick. Yeah. Right, Either literally cause you to do it or not do it. So you could have the exact same behavior of traits. You could have the exact same mojo. You could have the exact same experience. You could have all that. And they have somebody that has ultimate fear of Mm people-pleasing. And somebody else has an ultimate fear of being outcast. Mm -hmm. And the outcast fear will cause somebody never to engage in people at all because they're afraid of getting outcasted. Mm -hmm. And the people-pleaser will cause somebody to want to be best friends with everybody. Yeah, So it does actually have a big role in somebody's life. That's fascinating. And so I actually put a lot of credit on it. I yeah. look at it a lot. Hmm. My number one fear factor is people pleaser. Yeah, like at a eighty percent. That's pretty high.
0: Yeah, I have to. I know you guys have talked about it. I need to go, go do it. It's right. also
2: a really good book too. Do it scared. Yeah. And so it helps you over. It helps you analyze and understand what that fear can do or 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 not do, mm-hmm. and then it tells you how to overcome it too. So it's a really really good book. I recommend it. Free, it's a free assessment online. Yeah. You pay a couple bucks and you get the whole assessment. What, would you, what was yours? My, I mean, my I top one was, was, was procrastination. Yeah. And it's like I I'm need really things to be perfect. Because you guys <laughs> like yeah, we are a lot alike. I think that's <laughs> why I love you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, procrastination, because I want things perfect before, mm-hmm. you know, completing them or getting them done or even attempting to do them because I need things just so before I do anything. Yeah. So the whole thing is like just get started. If you would just get started on something – You'll you'll push yourself to get it and give yourself a hard deadline. Like, those are easy things to put in place.
1: It's funny. We were on a plane one time, and I see her just, like, in, in like, a fast-paced mode, (laughs) grab her computer, pull it out, and start, like, opening a PowerPoint. I'm like, what are you doing? She says, I have to write a presentation. I'm like, why? She says, because I just read a book, and it said procrastination, (laughs) so I'm going to write a presentation on this book. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I'll do it next week. And then immediately hit me. Like, no. No, I need to do it right yeah. now. So yeah. it, like, it, it, it right was now.
2: before I even took the assessment. I was reading the book on a plane, and it's that was the first fear it was describing. I'm like, that is me, 100% me, so, so let's do it. it.
0: So when you say the procrastination, that's a, a symptom or that's the cause? Of
2: Procrast- it, it's it's the fear. It's basically, yeah, the fear is I don't have things perfect, so I'm going to procrastinate to get mm. it to. to To make sure things are set up right before I do anything. yeah. So I guess that's the, probably that's the effect of what happens because I don't have things imperfect yet. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So um, I'm just thinking about as far as presentations, right? Like Mm -hmm. for me, I won't start the presentation uh, on PowerPoint.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. I think uh, without a deadline, probably like at most like three days before. The deadline? The deadline. Yeah. At most, right? Probably less than that. But the whole time I'm just thinking about what Mm -hmm. I want to say. Like, here are the things that I want to convey in the presentation.
1: Yeah. Because you haven't processed in your mind yet. Yeah. So you procrastinate starting the presentation Mm -hmm. until you've got it lined up in your mind because you're a process person. Right. Right. So you're like, I got to get these things done first in my mind before I can start. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, it goes, I go through it in my mind. Yep. And then after that, at some point, it's a brain dump.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And after that, it's like, well, let's reorganize it so it doesn't sound ridiculous. Yeah.
2: My my brain jump is typically I'm writing it out. Mm-hmm. So it's it's almost like journaling at that yeah. point. And it's like, okay, well let's organize it to figure mm-hmm. out which one should go where and what right. and then and you're right. I then put it on I'll then put it in, yeah, PowerPoint. Then put in PowerPoint. And then
0: yeah. grab and then grab a bunch of memes off the internet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well and that makes sense because you think about your PI, you're yeah. process driven. Yeah. yeah. Right. You probably have the same mojo mode you to learn. So you're probably reading all these books mm-hmm. and then you're processing them because you're introspective, because you're high logic. Mm-hmm. And then you get to procrastination because you're fear. Yeah, so it's I'll, I'll literally how here. all those are coming together. I
0: I think you're absolutely right. I'll definitely have to check that. You have to let us know. <laughs> um, it was funny that I was just do my presentation uh, at Select uh, a couple, uh, I think a month a month ago, right? And I'm going through and I'm do, I'm sharing like you know the individualist, you know what I want uh, with whoever I want, uh, whenever I want, however I want, mm-hmm. right? And I, I finished making the statement, and you're like, well, well, there's one more thing. I was like, what's that? I was like your E <laughs> is all the over here. Yeah. yeah, but not only. Are all those four things true? Mm-hmm. If it doesn't make sense,
1: it doesn't matter. You can't convince me. You want to start started yep. if it doesn't make sense.
2: Mm-hmm. I understand that. Yeah, <laughs>
1: I totally understand that. And I don't I'm see like, anything wrong with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, but what if you let somebody down? Fear of people. It's too bad. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so, but that's my biggest fear. So then that comes into play for me. Actually, we were going to uh,
0: dinner, right? Because uh, so Eric Brewer, right? Mm-hmm. Close friend. Um, we're going to dinner and he's like, this is stressful. I was like, what's stressful? He was saying, well, we got to get everyone there. You know, at, at the same time and coordinated, make sure everyone not everyone get, not everyone gets there. We're not there, everyone's there, but everyone gets there and they know how to get there and this and that. Mm-hmm. It's like this is stressful. It's like I don't understand your stress. Yeah,
2: I don't either. <laughs> Gary does. though. You understand the stress?
0: I
1: hundred percent. Yeah, I'm yeah. getting anxiety when <laughs> you just tell me the story. So yeah, he like, wants yeah. them
2: to all have a great experience and yeah. yeah. get there. I'm like, exactly. no, they just need to show up. And if they don't, it's okay. They'll eat right. somewhere else. They're not gonna starve.
0: And that's what I said. I was like, I don't understand. Like, you just gotta tell them. Here's where we're gonna be, and here's what time we start. Yeah. There's no more information necessary.
2: They are grown adults. They should figure these things <laughs> out. I
0: would have texted them. I would have found it. And that's what Eric was doing. Uh-huh. I'm it's sure people-pleasing people pleasing. is his, too. Yeah, And I was just thinking, like, these people run successful businesses. Right? <laughs> they Do, they <laughs> Do they? They run businesses. <laughs>
4: okay, there you go.
0: If you can't figure out how to get from the hotel to dinner, to yeah. dinner huh. like, you need God's help. Like, I, <laughs> I, I'm not the one Right. Uh, wow. this.
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm alone right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> he is a little. Yeah.
0: So, all right, so that was the R. <coughs> yeah. Right, so uh, is I then the, the leadership component, the, yeah, the it's, inspiration? It starts with it's I vision,
1: think. long-term, short-term. Mm-hmm. We have a whole leadership training part of it as yeah. well in there. We do have a leadership and management assessment that we put in there to help us stay on track and a leadership audit that we put in. We got into determining if you're the right person mm-hmm. by the values, we're looking at core values and purpose. One yeah. of the things we did that was really interesting in in, in this and in inspiration part is we don't just discover the company's purpose here, we actually discover the people's purpose as mm-hmm. well. because we want because fifty two percent of the workforce is now made up by a millennial, yeah and the emotional paycheck matters more now than ever. And so we want them to be able to to see that their personal purpose is being fulfilled by helping the company reach its purpose. So that's when we talked about purpose alignment. Mm-hmm. If they don't see that, they probably shouldn't come work for you. Yeah, because then they have to be not because they want to be. Right. And we don't want half to employees. We want want to employees. You know George Carlin says most people work hard enough not to get fired mm-hmm. and get paid just enough not to quit. Yeah. That's a half to employee. <laughs> we want want to. So this is how we help drive to that. Mm-hmm. Then we get into long term vision. Long term vision is about inspiration. It's about hope. You know, the bible says there's no vision that people perish the so yeah. reason it says that so there's no hope short-term vision is about driving results yeah. you know 13 week years some of those programs scrum 100 percent focus on 13 weeks that's short-term vision that's results mm-hmm. if you look at 2020 it was a prime example of the difference between long-term vision and short-term vision we had to cake away long-term vision that year for all businesses we said hey listen you got to focus on 90 days or less 2020 ended, I asked people, better or worse year than 2019? You know what they said? Better. It was. You know yeah. why? They focused for 90 days or less. They mm-hmm. drove results. Yeah. But ask them the second question, which was, was, how do you feel about 2020? You know what they said? Stressful. It was. Yeah. It's like it's terrible. Yeah. Because they lost hope. Miserable. Yeah. Yeah. They couldn't dream. They couldn't envision, right? They couldn't be inspiring. Yeah. And so we have to have both to have a successful business. So in the curriculum, we drive to long-term. We drive to short-term. We drive to purpose, we drive to goals, we protect leadership and we protect the, core, uh, the culture of the organization yeah. by position alignment, value alignment, purpose alignment, and goal alignment. And we're checking on that regularly.
0: Uh, so you're talking about leadership and management yeah, and inspiration component. Yeah. Uh, can you distinguish difference uh, for everyone that's listening?
1: Yeah, leaders love people, managers love process. Yeah, That's probably the easiest way on a podcast to describe mm-hmm. it. Leaders just love on people. They don't yeah. like to always hold people accountable, right? But They love the vision. They love where we're going. They love the inspirational. Managers love accountability. They love managing. They love holding people accountable. They love the process. They love driving results. Yeah. I always, another way to ma- look at it this way, leaders who are visionary, they celebrate when they dream of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, sure. Managers celebrate when they get the results of it. Got it. I'm not a manager. Right. And that's what we find. No, no. I mean, it happens to me, right? It's like when I dreamed about the studio, I'm like so excited, right? We're going to launch a studio. Here's what it's going to be. We're going to watch 50 of these around the country. This is how we're going to do it. I was pumped. Everybody on my team's like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, you guys are dream crushers. <laughs> like, why are you guys like, you know, why are you guys raining down on my happiness right now? Yeah. Yeah. And then we got it done and they're like, whoa, they're so excited. And I'm like, yeah, that's what like, I expected. Really? That's it? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, You're I already I saw this. I've already lived this moment, you know? <laughs> and so that's really the difference between the two. We have to have balance because when we're a good leader and mm-hmm. we get a good manager, whether it's us learning both sides of it yeah, or us augmenting our weakness and hiring somebody, mm-hmm. then we influence people.
0: Yeah. The, we encourage. I mean, for me, right? Like you talk about the, the, the vision, this and that, mm-hmm. um, it, it couldn't be any clear with my wife and myself mm-hmm. uh uh periodically when she'll come with me to the casino right <laughs> and we're playing no limit poker right like for me, I'm excited when we push the chips in. yeah, right yeah she's excited we when she yeah. the chips so there it is right. right. that's a great
1: <laughs> analogy yeah
0: but like I mean i'm in i'm all I'm all on hope, yeah. right <laughs> I got a great hand. I'm about to take all this guy's money.
1: Yeah. Sometimes we don't. <laughs> but see, that's the thing. You're visioning taking his money, which yeah. is the results, but you're visioning it here mm-hmm. versus when you took his money. Right. She's getting happy when she actually took the money back. Right. So that's the difference. Um, you know, we were talking a moment ago about
0: uh the, the people that might might not be the right person yeah. for as a solopreneur. Yeah. Right? The mm-hmm. analytical profile. Mm-hmm. What do you do? What advice do you give to someone that is an analytical person who's overthinking and
1: so on? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the, Mark Cuban said, if you want to be successful in business, find your opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what he literally said. But if you, when you're starting brand, brand new and mm-hmm. you haven't done a deal yet, yeah, how do you find that? You use contractors, you subcontract, you find creative ways mm-hmm. with your analytical brain right. to solve the problem.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's just a problem. It's not a barrier. It's yeah. a problem. So you find what your weaknesses are mm-hmm. and you find the resources, the people, mm-hmm. where you pay for it with money. Right. to overcome the problem so you aren't the, uh, the, the bottleneck to the problem yeah that's where people get stuck I always tell people you fail to grow for four reasons number one is fear mm-hmm. people are scared of it sometimes they don't have enough knowledge of it and the way we get rid of fear is with knowledge sustain it with faith second is mindset they think well I'm the entrepreneur I'm the one setting all to do this on my own if I can't do it then it's not going to be able to get done and that's just not true It's a mindset that holds us back from making our first deal, from taking the first step to success because we have an ego. I don't care what your profile is. Ego, everybody has ego. It's like, well, I should be able to do this better than the guy that wings it, Mm -hmm. better than the guy that's emotional. I'm the smart one. I'm the one that's analytical brain. Why can't I figure this out? And then you're three to five years in. Mm -hmm. And what you'll do is you'll justify your weakness with logic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean- that was definitely my attitude when i first got into real estate i'm smarter than all these other realtors to be able to figure this out yeah um but then at some point i realized you know what i'm not that great in the living room this is way before i got any kind of sales training mm-hmm. like i'm not that great in the living room i was gonna hire a bunch of pushy salespeople. <laughs> yeah that's
1: what i did it worked it worked for a long time sure yeah yeah well i mean the other thing you can do is if you are you you start to look at your behavioral traits and you go all right so i'm an individualist hmm. i don't have this push that they say is perfect for sales. Right. So then if I create a process, mm-hmm. which is what you've done in your sales training, right? it's genius, why? Because there are more people out there with that high C mm-hmm. that are sitting in sales positions that need your process approach to sales. Right. And the truth is, absolute 100% truth, is it that approach of like hunting, you know, that driven approach, mm-hmm. works really well when you're first starting. Mm-hmm. But when you build a business and you're in the systems stage of business, you know what happens? Process is very important. You need the consistency. If you yeah. have a bunch of Mavericks sitting in the company, <laughs> they're gonna rebel in that stage.
4: Yeah.
1: I'd much rather from a sustainable business, growing my business, hitting the levels I need to hit, I would much rather have someone who has your process sitting in that seat in the systems phase. Than anything. Yeah.
0: And we got a chance to, to listen to Matthew Pollard speak on stage, mm-hmm. right? And it was super therapeutic myself, right? Like, you know, <laughs> introverts can sell, mm-hmm. right? Introverts are better salespeople. Yes. And I was like, okay, I mean, that's, that's a great statement. I, I like this statement, but like, where, where is this coming from? And what he was talking about was extroverts are extraordinarily, are extraordinary uh, inconsistently, <laughs> right? So they're extraordinary, mm-hmm. they're just inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the introverts that's are cool. uh, consistent, they may not be extraordinary. But they're absolutely consistent because cool. they follow a process. And he was and he was kind of saying something along the lines like, "Introverts can't not have a process because if they don't have a process, they're not following the process. All this uh, introspective conversations they have in their head is going to like it's going to fall apart. So by having a process, or by having a process that exists,
3: mm-hmm.
0: they must follow the process because there's no other way. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's the next step for them. It's the next logical step. Yeah, it just makes
1: yeah. sense. Yeah, so, I. I st- it's like a foreign language right now. I don't yeah. understand. I'm well, a high B and a low C. So. Yeah. But what was really cool was uh, I, I, I got just, a chance to. I'm to, just kidding. Yeah. It
0: actually does make a lot of sense. Um, I had a chance to have lunch with him uh, mm. afterwards, and uh, he said to me, "He's like, because uh, we were kind of talking about his book and like how it was helpful for me. Like, I wish I learned it <laughs> much ago. earlier." Yeah. Uh, he was like, um, "Engineers are actually the most dangerous salespeople uh, once they mm. embrace it, because now you got an intelligent person who can follow a process. So as long as they can uh, connect." yeah right now you got
1: a a reliable and consistent <laughs> operator, yeah, yeah. you want to hear something funny what's that <clears throat> after coaching over however many fifteen hundred businesses now in the last six years yeah in real estate, you know the most common profession we see coming to real estate. I wanted to say teachers, but i th- I feel like that's not the answer. Mm. what is it engineers yeah. It's engineers. We find more engineers coming into this industry that were once an engineer and now a real estate business owner mm-hmm. and six, more successful typically yeah. when they have that background. Yeah. You know why? Because it's usually a high A mm-hmm. and a high D or a high C that comes with it. Mm-hmm. And that is what Disney used to call an imagineer. Mm. And yeah. they're they're just once they yeah. that that flip that switch flips for them yeah. and they figure out the niche. It's almost game over for those people. Yeah, pretty impressive to watch. I mean,
0: like Ryan Weimer, you guys work with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't,
1: I don't do think it. so. Yeah, but Maybe he's 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 that. Out. I mean, he's a
0: venturer, mm. right? Former engineer, mm. right? And it's just once he has a, a, a on a hold of something, he just yeah. makes it work. Mm. Yeah,
1: an yeah. adventure is a high A and a hookback D. Right. It's Ren Barlett. Yeah. Same thing. Yep. He's a he's an imagineer. He's a high A and a hookback D. Yeah. Right. So that's what those guys are great at. I mean. And that's why they build great teams. That's why they great, build great process. That's why they build great structure. I mean, it's just impressive.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, like, as someone's a captain, it's like, I have to find reasons not to hire this person.
1: Yeah. It's an Imagineer. <laughs> yeah. That's what Disney
0: loved. Yeah. Well, that's my favorite profile when I'm looking. So that's that's I. Yeah. S
1: is systems. 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 Yeah. So in systems, one of the things we look at there is not just the process, which so many people come accustomed to doing now, but the procedure. Mm-hmm. I always tell people yeah, if you document your process without it's, the procedure what's that? like, that's, I said that's a bad word that's the fudget bad word, word. and <laughs> <laughs> nobody <one> likes process <laughs> Susan's favorite word
2: I like process yeah
1: no yeah. procedures
0: oh I love processes yeah it's the procedure because that's what we get yeah
2: it can if you unless you simplify how you get them out of your head yeah So, yeah, no, we don't need SOPs. We don't need, and honestly, AI is going to change the way we document all of it anyway.
1: Oh, yeah, we've seen that. Yeah. Yeah, just in the last six weeks. Yeah, Yeah. My Sharper process company is out in front of AI right now. Yeah. And the way they can pull process out of your head right now, insane. Procedures, too. Process and procedures and policies. So we look at, in the curriculum, we look at process, procedures, policies, and we actually brought in for the first time productivity studies. So, how do we measure the productivity in the process and how we measure how fast it's happening? In systems, we also created a meeting structure of culture meetings, organizational meetings, strategy sessions, and tactical meetings, those four types of meetings.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we also tied back the four types of KPIs. So, for every culture meeting, you have a key purpose indicator. Strategy sessions, we have a key profit indicator. Performance meetings or, or organizational meetings, we have a key performance indicator. Mm-hmm. Tactical meetings, we have a key process indicator. And so we actually trademarked those four types of KPIs, and uh, and it's something that I think has really helped the entrepreneurs know exactly. You know, in these other systems, when it says everybody should have a number, mm-hmm. we've been able to help identify with this new tactical way what that number looks like.
0: That's good because uh, the, tra- the challenge we've always had is how do you have, uh, for for example, uh, a transaction coordinator,
3: mm-hmm.
0: admin, mm-hmm. right? Like how do you like a VA? Like, like a number. How, like what is their number? It's our process indicator.
1: So when you document a process, if it's in a process map, Mm -hmm. the very last step is performance. Don't make make it really simple for the audience. If you mapped out from start to the end, even if you just wrote it out in bullet fashion, Mm -hmm. the very last step, contract sign. That's a performance metric. You look upstream from that, everything down from that Mm -hmm. is a process indicator. And then you have to determine what is the most important process indicator for them to track every single day. I see, because those are what we call the uh, the barriers to performance, mm-hmm. and so every day I want to track a process indicator to make sure that the river is flowing to getting me to performance. Yeah. So process indicators are tracked daily, and tactical meetings, really quick huddle meetings. Performance indicators are tracked organizationally on a weekly basis. Yeah. Profit indicators are looked at in that variance report every month, and then. uh, purpose indicators tracked every quarter after we've accomplished what we need to do for the quarter, did we thrive towards purpose? And it's interesting because if we look at process indicator daily and you make changes to it weekly, you'll you'll actually protect your business. Because the way we do it in RISE is we start with the purpose and we build down how much money we need to make. Then we build down to how many contracts we need to get. Then we build down to how many offers we need to have every single day. That's a process indicator. If we build down and we measure up, then we're protecting purpose mm-hmm. every single time we have perform the process. Yeah, does that makes sense. It makes sense. And that's what's important to us. That's one of the reasons why we built it that way. And then everybody has a number. The employee has their process indicator. The leaders, the managers, have their performance indicator. The leader has the profit indicator, and the innovator of the company has the purpose indicator. Yeah. And so that's what we're looking for. I, I really like it. I get stoked about it. The same nine boxes come back in the systems. When we're looking at process, we're looking at it. Does it bring value to our customer? And is it essential to our business? If it doesn't bring value and it's not essential, then it's waste in our process steps and mm-hmm. we need to cut it out. Yeah. If it brings value to our customer, but it's not essential, then we automate it. If it doesn't bring value and it's highly essential, get a VA to do it. Mm-hmm. So in our nine box system, we teach you wherever this process lands, what you do with it.
0: Yeah, who's who, who's responsible for it. Yeah. Or the caliber of talent that's responsible for that's it. That's exactly. exactly.
1: Here's where <laughs> Susan gets really excited because if you have a MVP-type person, they are a star in the seat that you put them in, in the nine box. We overlay the nine boxes and say Steve Trang is an MVP person. High value, our high trust, lines with purpose. He is heart, head, hands, and feet, 100%. He's a star in a seat. Then we find you in a low-value, no, non-essential searching. process. A, that waste, is waste.
2: a waste of talent. 100%
1: <laughs> it's going to drive the productivity way down. Yep. Yeah. So that's where we can overlay these boxes now, and we can say, Steve, we can't have you in a n- low-value, non-essential process. We have to have you in a high-value, high-essential.
2: But it's funny. We often find the opposite is true. We have a, lo- a low-trust person who doesn't align with our values sitting in the highest most valuable most essential Sounds part like of our business it kind yeah. of sometimes we are
1: because <laughs> here's what happens right we have somebody who is a superstar in the seat mm-hmm. yep but they are not a value or a culture alignment right they're the so ones we that the
0: were held hostage to yeah
1: yeah they have we have a we have the wrong person right seat sitting in a high value high essential process making us a boatload of money mm-hmm. You know how hard it is to get rid of that person extremely hard you know what also is hard to get rid of the right person sitting in the wrong seat mm-hmm. and low value not essential work and it's like a family member a parent a relative and you're like i don't want to get rid of uncle john yeah right right those two people are critical to your business of hurting it one way or the other yeah and so overlaying these three boxes at this point, now we can say, do we have the right person sitting in the right seat? And are they sitting in the right process? Hmm. If you do, here's a cool part. If you do, you find a process that's extreme value and extremely central, and you have a superstar person in the right seat, you can go start another business with them. Yeah. You can actually go take that process and start a, it's why Sharper Process was started. It's why Sharper Talent was started. It's why Sharper Studios was started, because we found a process that was high value, Essential mm-hmm. and I had a rock star person sitting in a rock star seat. Yeah, and I was like, Hey, you want to partner up?
0: That sounds really exciting,
1: and it was, and <laughs> it, it is. is. Right? And I, I do it it's a every lot of fun. day. And then when we get into marketing and engagement, we actually get in and have the same nine boxes there. We look at it and go, Is this product scalable? And is it a cash cow? Does it Absolutely. make us a lot of money? Is it profitable?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's where it gets exciting because if you have the right person, top right box, sitting in the right seat, top right box. And the process is high value, high essential and it has that product of high scale and high profit. You better believe I'm starting a new business with that.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's something that you know we were talking about last week. Something that um, was an idea that Eric ever had, mm-hmm. and then we're debating whether we want to run with it. Right. You know, it's basically you know uh, having uh, re- rebuilding the realtor team, mm-hmm. right, and, uh, and and taking all the data we already have, yeah, from our wholesaling company, yeah. Teaching realtors how to call. It's not leads, mm-hmm. it's data. Right? But teaching realtors how to co-call this bucket of data, either get listings, it has referral fees, or they want a cash offer, bring it to us. Right? So we're looking There's at
3: that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh for me, uh, we're looking at that. I'm not gonna do it unless I can find the right sales manager. Yeah. To manage all the realtors that have zero desire <laughs> to manage a bunch of realtors. Another thing, too, we were looking at was, uh, uh, you know, potentially starting up uh, a hedge fund, right? And the only reason why is because I know people with money. I know the people that are doing really well in sourcing properties for the hedge funds exactly in their buy box. Mm-hmm. And I happen to know a guy who was the guy who could um, who was the consultant for all the hedge funds. Mm-hmm. So if you come to Phoenix, start a hedge fund, like, you talk to this guy. It's like, I know all of them.
1: Yeah, that's great.
0: Let's Let's do this together. Uh, but you know, like you, he had a rough year last year. Uh, so he's not quite in the right headspace. So we're just mm. kind of waiting. Uh, uh, he had personal a personal really, rough year, a really personal rough year. Like mm. I talked to him. He's like, yeah, you know, 2022 was a rough year. It's like, oh, it was a rough year for a lot of, for a lot of people. He's like, well, here's what happens. Like, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you, like real estate was the least your problem. Yeah.
3: Year.
1: Yeah. You thought it was a business related rough year. And yeah. And a personal rough year.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: So, that's tough
0: yeah it's very very similar uh to yours but it was uh 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 his uh, his children not his uh parents oh. Right, so mm. it's even harder i think that is harder actually. yeah so um all right so that's 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 the engagement so i mean i think that's a ton of value i mean even for someone that's not even uh uh working with you guys i think there's a lot of useful information there and then i think there was a little bit more you were saying was i think it was slash disruptors
1: yeah sharperbusiness.com forward slash disruptors. yeah
0: and you're saying there's a lot of free resources what kind of resources are there
1: it's uh links to our youtube channel we have hundreds of videos mm. of free information free content there uh we have um a video series on leadership that i did that's mm. free that's there we have 60 videos on engagement and branding and marketing really yeah that okay. brandon recorded for you guys that's there uh Austin did a bunch of recordings on uh predictive index and how and he actually did a 30 minute, like our or three to five minute video on each type of profile and how to analyze it and how they work and how how to motivate them. Really? It's it's all setting out there for you guys to go and watch. That's and, awesome. So, yeah, because I have like
0: people like, ask me, it's like, well, here's what it is, but this is like uh, you know, like you, you play that telephone game, right? Like that's yeah. my understanding, based Chinese off Chinese
2: telephone game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is what, based off
0: of what you know. uh Austin
1: shared with Steve and my team. Yeah, shared with me. I was like, "This is what I believe." Yeah, got it. It means well. So we just put it in a video form. So right. now you can go there, copy it, and just share the video with somebody if you wanted to. Yeah, uh, we have a video series on the heart, head, hands, and feet to make mm-hmm. sure people are in the right seat. How to make sure they're the right people. Susan and Derek Amory and them did a video series on systems and how to run your meeting structure and process mapping. process mapping. And it's just, we just give it away, man. Yeah. I would say I find out, I feel like most of the time we give a lot of what we do away and teach people. Uh, and then at some point it's just like what happened at CG. Somebody's like, I'm just going to have you come in and do it for us. Yeah. You know? Well, that's the way it goes. Right. Yeah. Cause, um, it's not like this is a simple thing to do It's like, you can't just
0: pick up a book and do it. You yeah. Need, you need, you need help, uh, interpreting, right? Yeah. Like you Sometimes. can, you know, you can, you can read the what, right mm-hmm. but it's like every other skill it's like once you start doing it, it's like oh that part wasn't quite i don't yeah. quite understand this particular sure.
1: step the practical application of it yeah. all yeah. how do you interpret it is very important right you know communication that's just communication so along with the workbook along with we actually have a book coming out it's a fable i'm excited about it we've been writing it, What's it's, it coming uh, out. it's supposed to come out at the end of july okay so it's a it's a really fun book. It is It's a fable. We have a second book coming after that. It's a tactical side. Mm-hmm. So it's like literally the how to do what mm-hmm. we're teaching you. But the uh, fable is about a guy named Matt. He's a real estate, a person who's left corporate America and now he's going into real estate. He's gonna turn around Grant City. Mm-hmm. Um, he's rejuvenating. He hires his sister Charlotte. His brother comes to work with him. He's a highly analytical person goes into finance. Charlotte becomes his integrator. Uh, he ends up putting her in the wrong seat, right? Like we walk through. Like her. he didn't measure the heart, head, hands, and feet. <laughs> Reggie Singers is a business coach. He comes in to kind of save his day after five years of flailing, mm-hmm. and it just he implements the Rice System for him, and it shows how he grows. And then he ends up going through the book and coming out on the other end and helping other people. Yeah. And so that's the fable. I just nutshell it for you, but uh, it's yeah. a fun read. It's is actually it? a really fun read.
0: Well, and just as a testament, you know, uh, I've talked about it before, but, you know, for those that haven't watched it before, is uh, I had you guys come out for our, I want to say 2020 and 2021. yeah, um, Or maybe in 2019 and 2020.
1: I think uh, it was 2019.
0: Yeah, right. And you guys came out. And um, and I've said this before, and I hope I don't sound too, you know, narcissistic or egotistical here, but like, you know, I read all the books, mm-hmm. right? I, I've digested a lot of content, a lot of material, and I've invested a lot in my personal development. Mm-hmm. So when, I, when you came out, I was like, I don't feel like Gary really taught me anything specifically tactically as a business. Sure. But man, you expose all the blind spots. <laughs> like here are all the things that I didn't even realize I was screwing up. Like I knew it. I was aware of it. If I was watching someone else's company, sure. Yeah. I can identify. It's like, that's stupid. Why are you doing it that way? Yeah. Right. We but, all
2: do that. <laughs> yeah.
0: But to have another person come in, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's where uh have an expert come in that can see the blind spots and point them out for you. And like, just really kind of like push that pain button. It's like, yeah, like, yeah, you gotta really stop doing this right now.
1: You know, it's interesting. I like, I like TikTok. I love okay. your videos, by the way. Thank you. And I was I, one of my favorite one is this guy like shaving hoes on horses and cows. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know why. I didn't really like it. <laughs> he it time. is it's oddly satisfying. <laughs> it <laughs> is. But he starts off with, well, the the problem is obvious here, and I'm like, I don't see an obvious problem. <laughs> I see dirt, right? And I think that's what happens because he looks at hoes like 40 times a day. Yeah. He lifts the hoof and he sees the problem immediately. And he knows where the white wall is going to be broke and where there's a deviation or there's an infection. And I have to wait till the end of the video and figure it out every single time. But he makes me feel so stupid because he makes it seem like it's so obvious. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what happens with us. We don't, when we come in, there are a lot of people that just don't have knowledge of business. See, but it was not you. You has yeah. a lot of knowledge in business. Very intelligent. I told Susan, one of the smartest people we worked with was you. Yeah. Thank you. But sometimes you watch the video and you're like, It's dirt, you know? And so I think that's what happens with some people. I think some people actually need to be taught. Mm. Some people need to be their eyes open to just what they're in every single day. Right. We're not immune to that. I don't think any business is immune Mm. to that. Whenever you think that you've got it all figured out, and this is us included, and you're not willing to be vulnerable let somebody else take a look under the hood, then you might be destroying your engine. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's really important that you, you know, that's that mindset adjustment that has to happen. One of the four reasons we don't grow yeah i said it earlier fear number two mindset i don't think i finished it number three is connections you know number three reason why we don't grow is connections why masterminds collective mm-hmm. genius has been so big for us you know we've met through connections yeah last is systems and processes right mm-hmm. and if you don't fix the first three the bottom one doesn't matter because nobody's ever going to let you look under their hood if they think mindset wise they have it all figured out yeah so i think that's important to keep that in perspective
0: yeah one of the biggest things for me is that, as a turn off like i can never work with this person right is that if they've got to figure it figured out mm. yeah right the moment they that they they know it it's mm-hmm. just i cannot continue
1: this Well, because arrogance yeah mm-hmm. i i love confident people mm-hmm. but what i love is humble confidence right i would if i had to describe you i'd describe you as humble confidence and humble is not thinking less of yourself; it's just thinking of yourself less. Yeah, right. Right. But it doesn't mean you don't be confident. You can be confident. Right. But be humble enough to open the hood. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Arrogance. That's a whole different breed. Well, the the you know one of the guys in our
0: office, giant Lakers fan. Yeah. You know, yeah. And uh, one of the, one of his favorite players is Austin Reeves, and that guy had like a breakout season.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. But when he screamed, "I am him," I was like, "I am done with this guy." <laughs> yeah. Right, like I think I'm not a religious person, right? But I think you know if you go back, at least in this country, there's only one person that can say that, right? And mm-hmm. you know, he died, yeah, right? Uh, you know, for the sins, yeah, right? That guy can say it, yeah. Beyond him,
2: nobody else should. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone
0: should be out screaming, you know, jumping around like I am. I like, it's just such a turnoff. Yeah, it's me. so arrogant.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's so arrogant. I don't know. I don't work well with people like that either. So yeah. I think we're in good company. Right. Sure. I want
0: to ask you, so Ren and I were doing this uh, sales leadership thing, right? So mm-hmm. we're talking about, you know, RISE. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something that we're doing is uh, the, the, the sales leadership component, right? Sales leadership training. Mm-hmm. And something that I've said is that um, you got systems and operations. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, if you're not doing it well, at least you're aware that you need to get better at this. You know where the shortfalls are because there's, mm-hmm. you know what uh, the, the best companies are doing. So you have an aspirational target. Yeah, you got a target to hit. Uh-huh. Uh, marketing, it's not rocket science. It's just copy and paste, uh-huh. right? What's working for Susan? Uh-huh. All right, I'm gonna do that. Uh-huh. Right, and you yep. just gotta keep track on cash conversion cycle, ROI, this and that. Yep. But marketing, not rocket science. Operations, it's just having a couple of uh, having really one really good operator can kind of get you there. Uh-huh. So I have this thesis, figuring this out, is that. The difference then right now, the biggest opportunity for gain is the quality of your salespeople. Uh-huh. Right? So he with the best sales team at this moment, he or she with the best sales team right now, all things being equal because the equalizer is out there. You've got this curriculum, right? Uh-huh. You have Gary Harper come through three or four times. Like Operations are going to be pretty good. Yep. It might not be 100%, but it might be upper 80s. Yeah,
1: sure. right? that's the goal. The goal is to be 80, 90% or stronger in that area. Yeah, uh-huh. so
0: if you get upper 80s here, uh-huh. marketing is going to be a pretty even playing field today
1: in yeah. marketing. Yeah.
0: So the difference is not just- a lot of
1: people doing different styles of marketing or figuring it out. If they do, somebody copies it tomorrow. So Right. It, it's exactly not a is. long competitive advantage. No. no it is right. definitely sales.
0: Yeah. So the quality of salespeople is the, uh, is the ultimate differentiator mm-hmm. today.
1: It is. So I just wanted to see like you guys were on. Yeah, we totally agree with you. Yeah. Well, I always tell people, if you're not making money, you don't have a business. Right. Yeah. So like, you know how many people a week I call, they call us and we go, we can't work with you. Really? We have to. Because when I come in, I need money to help implement the changes that hire the people. And then, you know, the first thing I do is time, money, and people. And if I can't do a performer because you're not selling or buying houses properly, Mm -hmm. I can't implement a system. Yeah. Right? So my son, Jacob, every week has to tell people no, every week, because they call us and go, can you help me build a system so I can build my business? And Jacob says, you don't have a business.
4: Yeah,
1: You're not even buying and selling houses right now. It's not a business. Yeah, <laughs> I and mean, you can tell him that, but he does. And I think that's important to know like, you shouldn't be pursuing after building a business mm-hmm. when you, it's not even close to being a hobby yet. Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, one thing I do, the advice, advice I give a lot of people are like, if you're starting over brand new today and you got nothing going on, uh-huh. what do you do? And I always say the same two things is hire a coach and hire an assistant. Uh-huh. So, with this though, you're saying if you don't have a business yet, you're saying
1: don't hire a coach, you're saying like, we're not the coach. So you have to start with the linear of what you need. So marketing, sales, operations, finance. It almost falls in that order, mm-hmm. right? There's a reason why it's built that way. If sales isn't working, you don't have sales, then you don't need an operations coach.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You, need, right. you need a sales That's coach. Good. Right. You still need a coach. It's just what coach you need. You know, the, the average player has like seven coaches.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of player?
1: Like a basketball, football athlete. They have yeah. multiple coaches. So, do business owners. Mm-hmm. Business owners have, I have five coaches. Really? Yeah. I have yeah. a fitness coach. I have a mindset coach. I have a relationship coach. I have a spiritual coach, right? Like, I have my own business coach. Like, yeah. we have multiple coaches to help us keep us on the straight and narrow. I, well, I guess we have six. We have a financial coach, Yeah. Right? right? We have multiple coaches to keep us, they're guard, I call them guardrails. Mm-hmm. You know, you drive a car, you drive a car on the side of a mountain, you don't want to drive a car on the side of a mountain without a guardrail.
3: Yeah.
1: Right? Because something happens, you blow a tire, you don't want to just fly off the side of the mountain. You want to be able to save. That's what a coach really does. It kind of keeps you on that straight and narrow path and helps see the blind spots and keep you back on the road if you blow a tire. Um, So, you know, I think it's important to know what coach you need at what time. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't go get speed and agility coaching when your shot's off. You go hire a shooting coach. Mm-hmm. You don't go hire a business coach when you your sales suck. Yeah, You go hire sales coaching. You right. go figure out how to get your sales up because you're going to hurt your company if you don't have the sales to support the changes and growth of a business operating system. Yeah, it's not it. smart.
0: So at what caliber should someone be at before they reach out to sharper business?
1: So for me, what I like to see is somebody having consistent deal, deal flow. Mm-hmm. It could be three deals a month. It could be 50 deals a month. I want consistency. I want to see that they have a rhythm in sales and their process of sales works. Gotcha. That's what I want. But I will tell you, if you have that consistency in sales and it's working to whatever degree or size, Mm -hmm. you better be careful trying to grow it to that next level without putting some level business operating system in place that helps you determine the right people, right seats, right processes for onboarding, and growth for engagement.
0: So going back, name of the fable that's coming out? Yeah, it's Rise Up. Rise Up is the fable. Uh-huh. And then the t- uh, the tactical book? The tactical book
1: is Risen. Risen. Uh-huh. And that's coming out when? The, that will probably be at the end of the year. The f- July? Rise Up is July. Rise Up, uh-huh.
0: end of the year, Risen. Risen. Okay. So, uh, And then uh, real quick again, so sharperbusiness.com slash disruptors uh-huh. for all the free content. That's free content. <laughs> uh, so I want you guys to think about uh, some last thoughts uh-huh. that i leave everyone with. Again, guys, uh, you know, we're doing we're compiling all the objections, uh, what we believe, you know, be the best answers to all these. Uh, so text objections to 33777 and we'll send those to you probably in the next couple of weeks. We've got uh, we've started to get some coming in. So I'm looking forward to compiling all that. That's cool. Um, so uh, what are some last thoughts you'd like to leave all the listeners with?
1: Yeah, you have any last thoughts for me? Honestly, guys, I think it's important right now that you know your business. Know where you want to go, have a vision, have a plan. Um, Bible says there's no vision the people perish. Mm. I think it's really important that we as entrepreneurs have the right vision that supports our purpose and helps drive us to our goals. And if you don't have that, then you're going, you're in life. Yeah. And uh, that's one thing I love about the curriculum. And one thing I love about business operating <coughs> system, it's there to support the vision and protect you and your purpose to getting you to your 100%. And so I think that's what I want to leave people with today is like, go at life with some level of intentionality.
2: Yeah, that's the word I was going to use, like intentional. Mm -hmm. What we've put together and how we've walked people through it is very intentional. It's no longer. I feel like this is the right way. You know, feelings don't matter most of the time. Your feelings could be wrong. You could have had a bad dinner last night, and your feelings off. You know, you couldn't have gotten sleep last night. There's, the feelings are hard to 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 analytically put in a process to make it make it make it make sense. Right. So it, again, those cliche statements of right people, right seats. There's a very tactical, intentional way to me- measure and understand how people do that. But look at every part of your business and system as intentional. Mm -hmm. What are we going to intentionally do today? Because we're not going to accidentally have success. We're going to intentionally get that success.
1: Yeah. Losing weight over the last year has been very intentional. Yeah. Building a business has been very intentional. Driving to our purpose has been very intentional. Raising kids has been very intentional. Like you have to have a vision and you have to put intent behind it. Mm -hmm. If you don't do that, then you're going to find yourself looking back wishing you had. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think, I don't know how people live a life without it. Really, really frustrating. Yeah, it's it's those are the other side, the <laughs> arrogant side of people drives me insane. And then the people are like, I don't know, I'm just gonna wing it today. Yeah. That's another thing that kind of gets under my skin sometimes. <laughs> but
0: anyway. Uh, if someone wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to reach reach out to you? Probably sharperbusiness.com.
1: Sharperbusiness.com. Yeah. Website. They can follow us on TikTok. We're on YouTube. It's we're true. on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Um, Instagram and YouTube are probably some of our biggest platforms right now uh but if you follow us on Instagram pushes you usually back to YouTube. I really am you know not to brag I hope it doesn't come across arrogant but I really I love what our marketing's done and yeah. our YouTube channel lately. They have our shorts and our long-term content is the best honestly in business I think that you're going to find.
2: Yeah, we so, have intentionally put together content this year. Yeah, I think that s- kind of the first time that we've really intentionally got in front of a camera and pushed for for me at least. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, and our team has done a great and phenomenal job of getting the message out there.
1: I think we've, we're investing over three hundred thousand dollars a year in marketing right now. Wow, so that's, very intentional.
0: That's not that's not uh, insignificant. No. 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 All right, perfect. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Appreciate you guys coming Thanks, in. Steve. Thank you. All right, buddy. I'll see you guys later.